1: Welcome, everybody, into the ESPN FC studios for this, the latest edition of the show. Alongside Ale Moreno, Steve Nicol, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Great to have you with us. We do have a lot to get to, including the AFCON final, Ivory Coast, winners at home over Nigeria. But we'll save that for a little bit later in the show. Let's start in the Premier League, where Arsenal put an absolute drubbing on West Ham earlier Sunday, 6-0, the final score, a brace for Bukayo Saka, Saliba, Gabriel Trossard, and Declan Rice adding to the damage there what does it mean at the top half of the Premier League well Arsenal up into third even on points with Manchester City though City do have a game in hand Arsenal two points back of your current league leaders Liverpool for more on this let's welcome into the show Don Hutchison Don uh, what's the first order of business here heaping praise on Arsenal or hammering your former club West Ham
2: no, I think heap a bit on Arsenal. I think not so much to win the goal difference. They scored six because they've got up to 31, uh, the same as Man City. I think they're a point behind uh, goal behind Liverpool at the same time. So they've closed the gap in terms of the goal difference. The performance was brilliant. I mean, if you want to go on West Ham, they were horrendous. I mean, it could have been nine or 10. I thought the defending was atrocious from either set plays or crosses into the box. It's unlike a David Moyes side. They very rarely get walloped. They're actually in decent form in terms of probably since about November-ish. Um, but it was all Arsenal today. And Arsenal, I think, produced, away from home, probably a statement win.
3: you agree with that, Stevie? 6-0 <laughs> away from home. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no doubt that, that Arsenal are lacking a goal-scoring centre-forward. But if you're going to score as many goals as they have done this season from set-pieces, you can't do anything other than praise them. Mm. You know, set-pieces are part of the game. And, and, and most people don't take enough notice of it and work hard enough on it. And clearly, Arsenal are working on it. I mean, that 16 goals is incredible. How important is that for title race, Champions League, that kind
1: of stuff? Is, is that where you get those Huge. kind of decisive moments? Well,
3: well, it's, it's points. It's points is, is what it means. You know, you're, you're, you're getting a, a set-piece goal to win a game. It's two more points than you, than you would have had, so yeah. But as I said, not enough teams take it on board or don't, don't, don't treat it as important as they should. Mm. Because without those 16 goals, Arsenal's not in the title race. That's how important that is. Uh, and to that end, Stevie, I would also
4: go as far as to say if you're going to recognize the qualities of Arsenal and the set pieces, you also have to say that that takes work. It's not by accident. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that you just show up and say, hey, guys, let's just swing it in. You see variety in their set pieces, sometimes a little too much variety in their set pieces, but you see movement inside the 18-yard box that sometimes they start at the far post, sometimes they they start at the near post, sometimes they're withdrawn at the penalty spot. The quality of the service is there, the quality and the pace with which the service, how it is driven into an area in which you have players from Arsenal attacking that area. All of that takes work, and all of that takes a coaching staff and a manager that stresses this as an important part of the game. And to your question, ultimately, when you get to a point in, say for example, Champions League, where you need to decide whether you stay or you go home, Yes, a set piece may just be the difference, particularly if indeed you don't have that center forward, that guy that could make up that difference, that guy that could score that big goal. Where can it come from? They all count the same, by the way. A set piece goal or a or, or top corner goal, they all count the same. So the Declan Rice goal today is call, it, it counted the same as the headers, right? And so if you're Arsenal, you take this as part of your repertoire. You take this as part of who you are as a team. You continue to build on this. And of course, when you win 6-0 anywhere, whether it's at home or away from home, Home, it builds confidence you feel a whole lot better about yourself as for West Ham they lay down today mm. they quit they quit they lay down and I don't say that easily and lightly because as a former professional it takes a lot for me to say that but you watch some of the attitude today from West Ham they lay down
1: uh, let's get back to Arsenal real quick I mean they do seem to have figured something out there was that stretch at the end of 2023 where they just couldn't get anything right since the turn of the calendar year, I mean, they're, they're blowing past teams. They got 16 yeah. goals in their last four Premier League games. After what we saw today, does it change kind of your evaluation of Arsenal for the title race? No. Really? Even, no. even what we've seen over the last month hasn't convinced you?
3: No, because they are missing that goal-scoring center forward. You know, the, I said that the reason they're in the title race is because of all those goals from set pieces. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Why can't they keep that up?
3: Well, because you can't rely on getting set-pieces all the time. You can't rely on defenders not doing their job. You can't rely on, in particular, Johnson from West Ham taking a step back for the second goal. You can't rely on that. But what you can rely on is if you've got a 25-goal season centre-forward. So it's just a little thing, mm. and it's going to be little things that, that decide the title race. And unfortunately, I think that little thing called a goal-scoring centre forward is what's going to cost Arsenal. What
1: kind of chances do you give them to win the title? If you had to put a percentage on it,
3: uh, I think they're they're in third place. Um, percentage, <sighs> Whew, twenty-five maybe. Twenty-five. Okay. For the, for the third place
1: team, that's pretty good. Let's go to our percentages. Oh, expert. Uh, expert here, Don <laughs> Hutchison. Don Hutchison, uh, over under Stevie's 25% for Arsenal to win the league after the 6 0 today.
2: Absolutely bang on. I'm going Man City 50, Liverpool 25, Arsenal 25. And I think it's about time, unless Stevie's going to be really stubborn, that I'm going to hold my hand up when Jurgen Klopp and Arsenal, uh, not Arsenal Wenger, Mikel Arteta, um Unai Emery, they employed a set-piece coach. And me and Stevie sat on this show and went, a set-piece coach? A set-piece coach? Well, look now, fast forward a couple of years, how important a set-piece coach is. So I'm willing to put my hand up. I'm not sure about Stevie.
3: Well, I wouldn't have said it, but I never said that. I was talking about the goalie you coach. did! I was a goalkeeper. Well, you, I think oh, the goalie throwing, throwing. still throwing. writing the about I mean, uh, sorry. The, the throwing coach. The, sorry, the throwing coach. Yeah, that's ah, right. The no, throwing coach, my not, throwing. About. Not the set piece coach, no. Yeah. You're all about the set piece sorry, coach. Do you know, sorry, dog. <laughs> that's all right.
2: Do you, do you know what, though, Sebby? I had a chat with an Arsenal fan today, and we both come to the conclusion. When you look at Arsenal, they're a fabulous side. And when you look at Liverpool, fabulous side. But when you talk about Man City... You're talking about a juggernaut and you're talking about a manager that can have Jeremy Doku on the left-hand side. He can have Jack Grealish on the left-hand side. He's got Haaland. He's got Alvarez. The substitutes? Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Kyle Walker. That's the difference. When we're having a conversation about who can win the league, it's not because Arsenal are a bad side and they might be flaky and they might bottle it. It's because City are a juggernaut and they're streets ahead of anyone else. They've just gone, I think, 10 wins in 10 in all competitions. I think six on the spin... In the Premier League, it's what they do. They're so good. (laughs) The camera's about to collapse on Don. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's a (laughs) than the West Ham defense there. (laughs) Elsewhere in the Premier League, Sunday, Manchester United 2-1 winners away against Aston Villa. Rasmus Hoyland opening the scoring in the 17th minute. Douglas Luiz equalizing in the 67th minute. And then Scott McTominay off the bench and onto the score sheet with your game winner in the 86th. Don, will Villa be kicking
2: themselves here? Yeah, I think they will. And I think they'll be kicking themselves when they played uh, Man Utd Old Trafford, when they won winning 2-0 and lost 3-2. I think you're looking at a Villa side, when you look at their 11, probably 12 or 13, is a very, very good team, stroke squad, but they haven't got the depth. Um, I think from Man United's point of view, it tells you that you can measure everything. You can have data, you can have analysis on players. What you can't measure is a player and a team's confidence, and that's what Man United have got. Um, I mean, thank goodness from them, and Man United fans, they didn't sell, and Eric Hag didn't sell Scott McTominay when he didn't want him in the summer. Him and Harry Maguire, who I thought was excellent today. So it shows you, if you're willing to spend time and coach players and give them confidence, how good he can be. He's been a game-changer for them all season. He's got a brilliant attitude. He scored two when he came off the bench, remember, against Brentford, when he completely changed the game, where they were going to get beaten that game off the back of the Palace loss. So it just goes to show, if you can invest... In the players that you've got, and spend time in them, and coach them, and give them confidence, and give them a little bit of guidance, Man United has still got some very, very good players at that club. Mm. You know what's interesting about McTominay is he scores here coming on
1: as a sub, and he replaces Marcus Rashford. And you're thinking, if a team needs a goal, that's not the sub you're making. And yet, honestly, he's probably more likely, right, Stevie, to, to bring you that goal. Certainly, if you're Eric Ten Hag, you've looked over to this guy a million times, and he's bailed
3: you out. Yeah, I mean, you, look at, you, look, you just look at McTominay's record that we just showed there. So, in some senses, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Uh, and at the same time, taking off Rashford, who this season in particular mm. hasn't been putting the ball in the back of the net. So it, it kind of seems a bit of a no-brainer. Um, but he's popped up and he's, and he's produced again. But unfortunately for McTominay, it doesn't matter how many goals he scores like that, he's always going to be coming off the bench. Why? You think, well, because there's there's other players in front of him. Manu is absolutely 100 per cent ahead of him. Um, I mean, just along that midfield today, the midfield three, Casemiro, Manu and Fernandes, that's going to be their three, definitely for the rest of the season and probably starting next season as well. So that means McTominay doesn't start, but he comes on if they need a goal. Um, That's just the reality for McTominay. And eventually he's going to want away. Whether they want to let him go, I don't know. But eventually he's going to want, want to leave. It's that fine line of coming off the bench
4: and making an impact one too many times. Because guess what happens? Yep. So <laughs> you're the, the super sub. sub. Yep. You're the super sub. And so, look, you're effective coming off the bench. Whatever is it that you do coming off the bench seems to be far more effective and efficient than when you started the match. And so, therefore, guess what? Sit right there. You're going to get an opportunity to play. It won't be as long as you want to. But we're counting on you to make a difference. And he has done that. I will say this about the game in general. Mm-hmm. Aston Villa, and you ask whether they'd be kicking themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those games, if you're Aston Villa, that you walk into the locker room and you kind of go, how, 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 how did we lose that? Huh? Yep. How, how, what happened? What because they had chances. Ollie Watkins has chances. Douglas Luiz had chances even after he scored the goal. They had moments of transition that if they pick out the right pass, Manchester United were all over the place defensively, and they didn't. Onana came up with saves in the first half, came up with saves in the second half. And so if you're Manchester United, you kind of frame this the other way and say, look, we found a way to win a game, a tough match away from home. If you're Aston Villa, you're saying, what in the world? How did we manage to lose that? They deserve a lot more out of this game, but this is not about deserving. This is about execution. This is about doing, and Manchester United did instead of Anselm Villa wishing that they did. Mm.
1: United right now, uh, six points back of Spurs uh, in the top four. Don, based on what you saw today, you think Manchester United can make up those six points and get into the top four?
2: Maybe. I mean, their big hope is maybe in the Premier League this year. Top five might get you in the Premier League, but that's, you know, that's very, very complicated. I think the form that they're in, and just on the point, you know, about, you know, Scott McTominay, he's a player that's obviously in form and playing well and scoring goals. And the boys mentioned that he might be on the bench. If you are going on player performances and you look at the performances of Bruno Fernandes, if I'm picking one player that I think has got to be more of a goal threat for Man United, Scott McTominay or Bruno Fernandes, I think it's Scott McTominay. So why wouldn't you play the player in form? He plays at number 10 for Scotland. Steve Clark plays him in that position. Not and chance. he certainly scores goals for Scotland. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think they can. They're in good form. Um, they've got to make sure they keep the desire. I think the spine of the team is a lot more settled. I mean, they obviously lost Lissandra Martinez. so That's made them a little bit weaker. But in general, I think the spine with Casemiro's back and Hoyland scoring goals
3: looks a lot stronger. What did you say there? Not a not chance? A chance. Yeah. Not a chance. McTominay plays in Bruno Fernandes' Why not? sets. Because mm. there's not. They're just not. Why? You know how the game works. You know, it's not, but it's who's not a better scenario. player. It's not. Well, Bruno Fernandes is a better player. No, not on form. What do you mean on form? McTominay's coming off the bench and scoring goals. What has that got yeah. to do with, with leaving your captain out and playing Scott McTominay? There is not a chance, there's more chance of Aston Villa winning the Champions League this year than Scott McTominay mm. playing instead of Bruno Fernandes.
2: No, I don't think Tanag will do it. I'm asking the question, why, why would he not do oh, it? Because he won't. He why just would, answers okay. your own question. Well, <laughs> well, I know, but
3: he should. <laughs> well, know, but he should. <laughs> no, he shouldn't.
2: Uh, so, well, you well, don't, we, don't sound like a
1: very flexible manager. Okay. I would have hated to play for you.
3: Completely disrupt the whole... <laughs> that, that particular move... Why? That particular move would completely disrupt the dressing room. Do you think Bruno Fernandes is not going to go absolutely bonkers? I mean, is that yeah, a reason that why you don't? Do it? Eric Ten Hag's never Course been afraid is. to do to make a big is. move. No,
1: he's not. He threw Ronaldo this,
3: out of the scene. That's a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. What you're talking about are two completely different things. If you want to go and upset the Man United dressing room, mm-hmm. you know the best move? Drop Fernandes. Let's see how many hand grenades he throws well, that, in that when, that he, might, when he goes in. But that might
2: tell in. you, Stevie... That but might tell you how it's delicate. It's not going
3: to change no, anything no, at Man United. No, Man no, United no. won this game today because of Harry Maguire, Varane, and the goalkeeper made some saves. It was about but a that defensive. It was about a defensive dis- display. There is no that way <laughs> on God's earth the Bruno Fernandes is getting taken, getting the hook, and McTominay starting before them. Not a chance. Last word well, that to that this, That might tell
2: student. you how fragile they are. That might tell you how fragile Bruno Fernandes is if he's going to chuck his toys at the pram because he gets dropped. <laughs> that's that's when you're in a when you, Steve, you know what it's like when you play. At and Liverpool. That's why he's not if getting you're not dropped,
3: performing. But that's why he's not getting well, dropped on. It would completely and utterly destroy the dressing room. Uh, yeah. the, the carnage. The carnage that would be caused in the dressing room if Bruno if Bruno Fernandez, your captain, gets dropped and he plays Scott McTominay because Scott McTominy's in better form. I mean he's scoring wouldn't, goals. Wouldn't and scoring massive, massive goals. <laughs> wouldn't that, that yeah. be a great yeah, example off the to the bench. kids that are playing at Man United? There's a reason, there's a reason Scott McTominy's coming off the bench. It's because he's not producing from the first minute to the ninetieth minute. Well, yeah. Let's be honest, that's at what man Scott Con- McTominay does best for Man United. Comes off the bench and scores. All
1: right, let's bring we're it back Stevie. to the uh, top four discussion. No, Don, we're done. We're done. You guys can keep going around on this on that uh, extra time. Not a chance. Hey, you, keep, you know what's funny? What?
3: Hey, keep
4: your eye on this. Well, that's <laughs> hey. a bad example to set to a
3: dressing yeah. room, hey.
4: man. You know, you know what's funny though? Don asked a question about a, an answer that he ar- he o- he already knows the answer Are to you? the question. So it's a... It's he, said really, he said he wouldn't drop up. It's a It's a no, merely it's rhetorical question.
2: Yeah, I would. Well, well you just you'd... said you wouldn't. Three, three <laughs> I, minutes I said,
5: ago, He said Hog, he, he, didn't he didn't
1: think Ten Hagwood. He exactly. didn't think Ten Hagwood. Let's leave it there for now. All right, uh, Manchester United top four. No. No? Not just because you've been <laughs> no. yelling about them? <laughs> not That's just because they're not... Ashton Villa. the 11?
3: In terms of football, look, well, right. you've got to give Manchester United credit, right? They bossed the game for 25 minutes until they scored, and then they sat... They completely sat in, and they, had, and they went on the break. And when, when Aston Villa equalised, there was only one winner. Let's be honest. If you're watching this game rationally, there was only going to be one winner. And I wasn't thinking it was Man United. Because Veranda Maguire and as I said, no Nana made some saves. And Man United got a challenge in whenever it was necessary. Or they put somebody off. That's why they won this game today. That's why they won the game today. So... They may be on a good run of results, but come on. Aston Villa should have got something out of this game. Man United were fortunate to take three points today. If you had to pick between Villa and United to catch Spurs,
4: who would you pick, Ali? Well, neither. (laughs) (laughs) You had to pick. It's a dumb question because neither, neither. Neither one of them are catching Spurs. But if indeed one of them would be... I would say Aston Villa, actually. Really? Even, even despite the fact they lost today? Oh, they, they, are you not seeing the table? Because, huh? Isn't, isn't there a pot <laughs> a lot of f- football left? A, say, I, left I football know, but left. it's a five-point differential
3: between... Aston Villa just outplayed them in football yeah. terms.
4: Yeah. But they lost at home to
3: them. Right, so but, you, certainly but, that matters. But you can't.
4: It's a results business, isn't it? I know, but, but it's five points. <laughs> hey, hold on. But it's a, it's a, So it's a results business, so the points matter, right? Yes. So the five-point differential now between Manchester United and Aston Villa matters, yes?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, but okay. there's some momentum now for Manchester. Oh! And, there's, and you could argue that there's oh, a lack okay. of momentum for Villa. They're not exactly going All in right. the right direction,
4: are they? Okay, so hold on. Seb, let, uh. let me just get to it. Is Manchester United going to catch Spurs?
1: Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Okay, there uh, you, there you go. go. Then what, thank am, thank what are we talking
4: about? I'm also not allowed to bet on it.
1: rules around here. So we, uh, like I thought it was a great list. question. Thank you. Thank you, Don. <laughs> yeah, I there, Don. There you go. I knew we kept Don around for, uh, for <laughs> some there. All right, uh, we also got Don for extra time. He's going to be joining Stevie and Ale taking uh, questions okay. from you on
6: social media. So make sure to check that out later on today. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply, need to hire, you need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. and items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Barcelona hosting next to last Granada on Sunday, and it did not go to plan. Final score, 3-3 Barca goals coming. From Laminia Mall who had a brace, Robert Lewandowski as well, but Granada got goals from Ricard Pellistri and Ignacy Michael as Barcelona dropped points at home. So what does it mean at the top of the table? Well, a missed opportunity at least for Barcelona to pull even further ahead of Atletico Madrid who themselves did not have a great weekend. And then at the bottom of the table, massive, massive result. Uh, for Granada, at least that uh, one point will feel better as it uh, pulls them a little bit further away from last place, Almeria. For more on this one, let's welcome to the show our very own former Barcelona man, Luis Garcia. Luis, uh, what's the big takeaway from this game? As we said, there was, there was some moments of magic. There were three goals from Barcelona, but at the end of the day, you ship three against next to last place. That's got to be a major disappointment
7: chavi, even though that the, in the last few minutes you could see that he was trying to push the, the players, trying to push them and tell them that they have chances because actually they create quite a few chances. They capitalised three of them, but in the end it's all about both how many problems Barcelona has got at the back. As you could see in a couple of the goals, players were running around not knowing what is that, their position, what the ball is going to be, looking at each other to say, you have to cover me or I'm the one is covering this space. You are... So there is really a, a misunderstanding, a judgment at the back. And that's the problems that Barcelona has been having during the whole season. It doesn't matter if it's Koubar uh, with Christiansen or with Araujo or with Koundé. In the end, there is a lot of problems Barcelona needs to address at the back because that's the only way that they are going to change uh, uh, and try to be more consistent. It was the third time, and Jeva mentioned in the beginning of the, of the game, The three games in a row that Barcelona could get a good result, a victory, and maybe lift them a little bit until the end of the season, knowing that the the distance with Real Madrid is just too big to to catch them up. But in the end, it's a big disappointment to see once again Barcelona scoring three goals and conceding three at the same time.
1: Alex, we look around this Barcelona 11, because we can talk about the manager all we want. Who for you is not pulling their weight, or at least didn't in this game today?
4: (laughs) Across the board, you can point the finger every which way. Defensively, Barcelona are embarrassing. When you think about Barcelona this season, and it's not just this game, it's Alaves, it's Mallorca, it's Almería. It doesn't matter who they play against. Celta de Vigo, so on and so forth. Whoever they play, and we mentioned that in the pregame, if you play against Barcelona, you're going to score goals. That is how bad they have been defensively. It doesn't matter how much you've been struggling in front of goal, you're going to get opportunities against Barcelona. And today was yet another good example of that they have so many difficulties defensively with just lack of structure, just, just basic defending. I'm not even talking about, hey, we're going to be Italy in the 90s. Mm. Ah, we're just going to be Il Catenacho and sit back behind the ball and nobody's scoring. I'm not asking you to be Atletico Madrid under Simeone, old school Atletico Madrid. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying Diego Godin has to play center back for you. No, no, I'm asking just basic stuff. Basic stuff. And so, when you look at the second goal, for example, Jules Koundé, who's playing right back, Cougar C is the center back. Kubar C doesn't get enough on the header. But Koundé has already come and collapsed towards Cougar C, which then means that he's leaving his guy open at the back post. That ball then drops at the back post and nobody reacts. Nobody reacts from Barcelona. The only person that reacts is Susuni, and then Pelistri. Who is defending at the back post? Once Koundé collapses to a see now Usun is by himself. And then Pelistri is all by himself too. So now you have three guys inside the 18-yard box who end up playing the ball all by themselves without any sort of challenge from a Barcelona defender. That's one goal. Mm-hmm. But we can go in terms of the goals that they scored today and we can go through all the goals that they have been scored this season. And you can... It's not... Uh, it's not like teams are breaking Barcelona down with some incredible play and that you would say, you know what? Hey, you know, Jude Bellingham in El Clásico, you put it in top corner. Hey, you can't do much about that. But not this. Mm. This is happening week in and week out. And it goes back to a point that we made at halftime and we made a pregame. I, I, I'm being told by people, you know what? Xavi, having announced the fact that he's going at the end of the season, means that the players are now free of this pressure. He told us that now the players will be freed of this pressure. The problem is, I don't care what pressure they, they feel free now. They can't defend! Mm. And so now, magically, just because Xavi announced whatever he announced, it doesn't mean that now you can defend, because you're still lacking structure, you're still lacking basic concept, you're still lacking effort defensively. And until you stop that, until you stop giving up three goals to a second to last place team, then we're going to continue to be having these conversations.
1: Uh, we saw it at the half, Xavi in frustration, punching the chair after the, the goal from Granada. Luis, you know Xavi well. What do you think he's most frustrated about coming off this performance?
7: <laughs> there are a few things that I'm sure that it, it must be. Uh, they're very disappointed and frustrated about it. First thing is uh, why Barcelona is, of course, conceding so many chances, so many options, because. Ali is talking about the pressure. You feel the pressure when you're on the ball. That's when you can have the pressure because you don't know what you have to do with it, where to pass the ball, the movements. But the problems that Barcelona is having is when he's not on the ball. That's when they are having a lot of trouble. Where the players have to be, where the covers have to be done. If the center has to cover the ball, the football has to cover the That's the problems that they have. And of course, Xavi can create a system and a style of play. But when the ball is on the move, it cannot be with a remote control like a PlayStation move, the player where they should be. That's the players where they have to understand, analyze the game and and read what is happening on the field. And that's something that we cannot go on Chavis. We have to look at the players and tell them, listen guys, you have to be more focused. You have to be reading the game every single time because Ali was mentioning about that goal. And Nyaki, Martin is out posi- uh, of position because he's left uh, his position to go to the wide area. So he's the fullback, the left fullback who is have to cover the pl- the place or the center midfielder who has to cover his place. And that's not happening. Everybody is ball watching, so you cannot go to Chavis and, t- and 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 make and tell him listen. Make your players do that because they are the players who have to take the, those decisions. So I'm I'm thinking that that's what Chavis most frustrated about that the players are not able to read what is happening on the field or what is needed to be done.
1: If there is one player right now to Barcelona undoubtedly pulling their weight, it's the youngest one. I mean, lamin Mal. those two goals today, something special.
3: Yeah, but unfortunately, um, the focus is not going to be on Emilio. I mean, it should have been. If you score three goals at home, you have to win the game. You, you, you can't not be taking the three points. But. If you want to look at Yamin Yamal and talk about all the good things, then I can be here all day. Unfortunately, he's got 10 others. Or maybe maybe 10's not the right way to put it, but there's too many Barcelona players who are not producing what they're capable of. What he's doing is producing what he's capable of. Unfortunately, what is going on around them, and particularly behind them, they're not doing the job. And it's as simple as that. What's going on behind them is school by stuff. Mm. And so. Unfortunately for him, when he produces the goods the way he did today, unfortunately the focus is going to go on the schoolboy defending behind him. Mm.
1: Luis, is he the most goal-dangerous player yeah. right now for Barcelona? And if so, as Stevie points out, what does that say about the rest of the guys?
7: Yeah, exactly. And we've been talking about leadership on this Barcelona side. And we are relying on a 70-year-old kid that he was... Uh, Playing for Barcelona for already, what's up, th- 30 games or so, and the goal has to come from this side. Every single one of the players on the field, they are looking to bring the ball to him because he is the one who is uh, beating players, crossing, creating chances, and of course calling today. It was a fantastic goal, not only because he hits the ball perfectly, it's because his reaction when he missed and loses the chance. Miss the ball and goes back to get the, the ball and recover the ball, regain the ball once again, and he, he gets the, the reward by um, receiving that ball and and scoring. That's the the attitude that you need from the player. That's the the, the the desire that you need from everyone on the field. I've seen some complacency on the field and some moments where they concede the ball or when they concede the goals or when they uh, get frustrated because things are not going the, the way that they want. So yeah, it's a pity that we are. Talking only about Lamin Jamal, I think that we have a fantastic future star for Barcelona for many, many years, and uh, we have to enjoy it right now. But it's a pity that uh, that's the only thing that we can uh, uh, see as, as a positive uh, thing for this Barcelona in this season 23-24.
4: The most impressive thing about Lamin Jamal is that while we have these conversations about this overwhelming pressure that these Barcelona players are feeling, well, if indeed that's the case, then you would have to imagine that the 16-year-old, Lamin Yamal, would be feeling it as well. And he plays pressure-free. He plays give me the ball, and I'm taking players on. Give me the ball, and I'm cutting to the inside. I'm cutting to the outside. It's a step over. It's creative. It's scoring goals. It's creating chances for others. It's being an option. When somebody has the ball, actually making a move ahead of the ball so that you make yourself available. There's a lot going on right now from Barcelona. When somebody has the ball, there's a lot of this "Ah, I'm going to make the movement, but not really. I don't really want this ball because I don't want to get myself in trouble. Lamin Yamal right now is not afraid of that trouble. He's actually welcoming the pressure. there's a maturity to his game that you wouldn't expect from the 16-year-old, that you would expect from other people in this team. That is not quite happening for others, but it is happening for him.
5: There you have
1: it. Uh, Yamal, the youngest player ever to score two goals uh, in La Liga. Luis said he was 17. He's not 17 no, and he still no, won't
4: turn 17 until no, no. well, yeah, the yeah, yeah. summer. Really you know is. How Luis
1: is. Uh, just it's remarkable. My, uh, bad. my bad. My My Accuracy <laughs> very important <laughs> to us here. He on, looks 17 though. No, uh, he does look look. looks 17. He's yeah. he yeah, grown
4: up quite a bit. Well, the season has made him older.
1: Thank you very much, <laughs> uh, Luis. One more game to go then in match day 24 across uh, La Liga and that is on Monday afternoon right here on ESPN+. Plus. Big game for Athletic Club who currently sit fifth just three points back of Atletico Madrid, who were the last team in the top four, they're heading to Almería, who as uh, you saw earlier, in a uh, absolute dogfight there at the bottom of the table. And after the game, Gemma Soler caught up with Marc-Andre Ter Stegen.
8: After your comeback three months later, um, I guess, uh, disappointed for the, for the result and the three goals. How are you?
5: Yeah, uh, good evening, first of all. Yeah, very disappointed about the, the result, obviously. I think, um, yeah, we we could have done better, but um, yeah, I think they they played with a lot of attitude. Uh, they they tried to play it out of, play out from the back. In the first half, uh, it was a bit more difficult for us to to get a bit more grip on them. So, in the second half, yeah, uh, the two goals they they score. I think they are not really out of a crazy good situation, but um, at the end they were there and they they scored. And then you have to run behind, uh, which is not comfortable obviously
8: um, the the attitude as you mentioned it's here the self esteem to keep trying it's here What do you think is missing uh, to not to concede so easily or so fast
5: yeah, I think we, we uh, even more in the first one, I think uh, we could have done better, obviously. Um, I think uh, we had many men in in the in the area, and so at the end we weren't able to yeah to avoid the goal. And um, yeah, I think we have to have to do better. Definitely, uh, we we have to keep going now. There there are many go, many games to play still, and and so yeah, keep working. Now we have a long week. We're gonna prepare ourselves, and and hopefully uh, we can we can close the the goal for for the next games
8: Yeah, many games to play. It's 10 points uh, Real Madrid uh, the difference now. Do you think it's possible or, or you somehow said goodbye to La Liga today?
5: No, I think there are many games still left. Obviously, it will be complicated, but um we we will always believe in in our chance. Uh, we still play them. We uh, obviously have to do our our homework. And if this is the case, I think we have still chance to to get closer to them. And let's see. At the end, uh, the season is long, and there are still many games to play. But first of all, we have to look at ourselves.
8: Just a quick one about yourself. Uh, how how did you feel after these three months after surgery?
5: Yeah, at the beginning, I think it took a bit of bit of time to get back into it, uh, with distances, with, with timings, and so on. But uh, afterwards I felt way more comfortable and, and I think, uh, yeah, obviously with the three goals uh, I conceded. I'm not happy at all. Uh, I, yeah, wished, I wished for, for a better re-debut. And so, so well, uh, now we have a big game uh, ahead again. And so we will try again and, and hopefully with better feelings.
8: Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. you
5: From
1: getting the interviews to being the subject of the interviews, Gemma Soler joining us live now from the Olympic Stadium there in Barcelona. Obviously not the best mood from Marc-Andre Ter Stegen. How else would you describe the mood there in Barcelona after this 3-3 draw against the next-to-last team in La Liga?
8: Well, said. there is a mood of disappointment, yet another one this season, and it's a season full of disappointments because uh, at some point one could think, OK, at least we can try to chase Girona, that second place that allows you next season uh, to to fight for the Spanish Super Cup. And at some point, if Real Madrid fails, maybe we're going to be there. And once again, conceding three goals at home, uh, this is not uh, usual for, for Barcelona, it's a different stadium, uh, but but uh, I think it's, uh, it's once again the, the pressure, the, the solidity of the team in the back, it's it's urgent that they try to work on that and manage to to get a more efficient height pressure and also take the chances because once again the first half was a really bad one for for Barcelona and then when they are, uh, um, when they see that the, the rival getting better then they they try to do that but uh, I, I think that Xavi's announcement, he said that will help the the players to release and uh, somehow they will make a team and motivate them and this is not happening.
1: Thank you very much, Gemma. As always, great stuff. Gemma, they're mentioning Real Madrid. For us, it's worth mentioning Jude Bellingham's injury. This happened in yesterday's game against Girona. A game, by the way, in which he scored two goals and they won 4-0. turned his ankle over a couple times. Once you see there in the first half and then again here in the second half, he would actually stay on after this incident. And score. And score his second goal, yeah, about 10 minutes later. But the diagnosis from Real Madrid is that he will be at least out two to three weeks. So certainly the first leg of the round of 16 tie against RB Leipzig and maybe the second leg as well. But that's not till the uh, first week uh, later uh, in February. Here's a look at the La Liga schedule for next week. Villarreal and Hetafe kicking things off on Friday. Real Madrid, they will be in action next Sunday. A little Madrid Derby there visiting Rayo Vallecano.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group,
1: Africa Cup of Nations final goes to the host, Ivory Coast, with a come-from-behind 2-1 victory over Nigeria. William Trust ekong opened the scoring for Nigeria in the first half, but a pair of second-half goals, the first from Frank Kessie, the second from Sebastian Allaire. The difference is Ivory Coast picks up their third AFCON crown. For more on this, let's go live to Ivory Coast Uh-oh. where we find our good friend and Uh-oh. colleague, Colin who is, of course, Uh-oh. Nigerian. Oh, oh. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to twist the knife too hard. So let's save the Nigeria stuff for last. Let's not bury the lead here. Ivory Coast are, are your <laughs> champions. Colin, how did they get it done? How did they come from behind in this match and turn things around in that second half?
9: Well, I think, first of all, I've got to say congratulations to them. They totally earned it. And um, look, when you say how did they come from behind, it was obvious. Nigeria played a very conservative game, which they've done all tournament and fact. um Fair credit to the coach. They've done the same, played the same way all tournaments, see their possession, and um, just let teams come at them, which is why they've been really, really hard to beat at this tournament. Uh, prior to this game, they'd never considered more than a goal. In fact, they'd only considered one goal from open play. The other ones have been from penalty kicks. And um, so for them to concede two goals, Ivory coach were determined. They, were, they had the home crowd behind them, they had the momentum of having um, come back from the dead. Um, behind them, and so I think they played a very good game. They were focused, they were determined, they were attacking all throughout the game. I thought that at some point, especially after um, Kessie scored that equalizer, I thought the Nigeria coach would have turned things around and uh, you know sort of gone after the Ivorians, he didn't do that. He left the, let them continue playing them conservatively, and when you do that, I mean, you're always going to come see when you let teams come at you. And by the way, the shirt I'm wearing mm-hmm. is... Uh, from 2013, that's all the players from 2013 team signed it um, after that um, victory. So I've got the, the autograph of all the players of the team that won the AFCON in 2013 signing the shirt.
1: All right. Uh, Colin is a young guy, but I know he's been covering AFCON for a long time, so he has a good historical perspective. This Ivory Coast team, I mean, they lost two of three in the group phase, Colin. Have you ever seen anything like this where a team could be so bad and then come back and win the tournament?
9: Um, I've never seen it, to be honest. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just AFCON. I don't think it's happened at any tournament. And, uh, uh, I mean, someone correct me if I'm wrong. But, again, I think that this once teams get off the group stage and get into the knockout phase, things just take a life of their own. Um, I don't think Every Coast were the best team at this tournament. But I just think that, you know, that experience of having almost gone out um, and then coming right back is what helped propel them this far. If you look at the games, that, I think this was one of their better games that they played at this tournament. Um, the semifinal and this final. So they seem to have got better. In the group stage, they were terrible to watch. In the round of 16, they barely just made it. In the um, quarterfinal, they squeaked through. Um, and then, so it was the semifinal and this final for me were the two games where they've had some really, really great football um, playing. And I've got to say that, you know, just almost going out, seeing the reaction of the fans And then come storming back, uh, getting a new coach, that whole new coach bounce is just what has propelled them this far. And I've got to say again, congratulations to them.
1: Colin, what do you suppose the reaction to this defeat will be back in Nigeria? I know the manager, Pesedo, was already kind of under pressure before the tournament even began, right?
9: Yeah, I mean, you're still under pressure. I I think I mentioned on one of these um, shows earlier on that, you know, his conservatism, has taken him this far. But the first game Nigeria will him playing that way, is going to be the same conservative petard that he's going to be hung by. And it's already going on Look, We have our Nigeria WhatsApp groups everywhere. There are forums on social media and stuff. And the one thing everybody's going on about is the way he plays, the defensive way he plays. From And talking about how they should get new coaches, someone like Immanuel um, Amunike to come in and bring some more attacking verb to Nigeria team. For me, I think he's done a good job with this team. He's um, made them a more solid, organized unit. Um, look, if he just needs to work on this team a little bit more, I don't think he deserves to be fired. He's done a good job. So I think he should stay. But, you know, I don't make the calls, And there are, there are um, people back home who think that he's taking this team as far as he can. And he should be let go for someone else to come in and I, I take them to the World Cup qualifiers.
1: Colin, speaking of managers, uh, Ivory Coast manager who wins this tournament with an interim tag does he get to keep his job now?
9: Well, would you fire him? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> but look, you see, the, the thing is, you never know with football administrators. If you remember, um, when former when coach was fired, they actually went begging to the French Football Federation to see if they could get now to come in as um, a temporary coach for the AFCON. They want to qualify for the World Cup, same as every other country in Africa. And right now, I don't know what the emotions are there, but I think they might still be on the path where they want him, uh, they want a permanent coach to take them through the World Cup qualifiers. Because this year uh, is going to be a very, very difficult year for all Africans. There's only one window in March for friendly games. The rest are taken up by World Cup qualifiers. And I think he's sitting on a powder keg right now. And uh, they might keep him on the first game of the World Cup qualifiers. But any little mistake there, I don't think he's going to last very long.
1: Colin, we have booked you for extra time today. Are you emotionally fit for (laughs) it? Oh, wow. He's got the jersey for
9: it. I believe uh, (laughs) I should be. Do I look like I'm not?
1: (laughs) I got to tell you, for somebody whose team just lost a final, Colin, in a very, very good mood. Professional. uh, We look forward to having him on extra time. You should also look forward to the next edition of the Gab and Jules podcast, which will actually feature Jules and Rabo, because we know Gab likes to take his vacation. Surely the boys will be talking some more AFCON over there. Look at the top half of the Serie A table. A couple big results today. Uh, one of the big results today, actually, Milan beating Napoli by a final score of 1-0. The lone goal in that one from De Hernandez moves Milan to within eight points of Inter, your league leaders. So, had a big 4-2 uh, win over Roma. Don Hutchinson joining us to talk a little bit of Serie A. Milan, four wins out of their
2: last five. Picking up steam at the right time. No, Don? Absolutely, the only into that are in better form than Milan at the moment. It was a good game tonight, it was a very tactical game. I uh, called the game and Mazzari, the Napoli manager, tried to change shape. He went from Spalletti's 4-3-3 to 3 at the back and they confused Pioli's men. took them about 25 minutes to get into the game and they scored a brilliant goal. I mean, the link will play. I think there's only three men involved. I think Teo Hernandez started a move, he played it into Giroud, who's very secure he kept hold of the ball, played it off to Rafa Liao, who then found Teo Hernandez. He scored the goal 1-0. Then Napoli went back to their tried and trusted 4-3-3 in the second half. They brought Politano on, who had a real impact on the game. They got Raspadori on. They were missing Victor Osman, obviously, tonight, because he was playing in AFCON, so they'll welcome him back. Um, but it's a Napoli side that won the league last season, Seb, who have not gone back-to-back wins in six months. So they've got no momentum. They've got no sort of form. They can't cling on, cling on to anything in terms of stringing a few results together. So they need awesome men back. But in terms of Milan, the players at the end on 96 minutes when the final whistle went, they all hit the floor because they realized in the second half they had to really grind and work and put a shift in for the win. It was a tight game, but they just got over the line. Don, we just saw Barcelona ship three. You think Napoli can give them trouble in the Champions League? Absolutely. I mean, the, the the three that will probably play, will be Politano, who's a, a left-footed player on the right-hand side, who's a sort of jinky little winger who could cut inside onto his left foot. He's got a good shot. He gets goals, assists. Ossamen awesome will be back, as I said, back from the AFCON. You know how much you rate him. I think he's one of the best centre-forwards in world football. And Kravitz 120 million-pound player, he was superb again tonight. So if they're on the offensive, Napoli could put goals against anyone. The worry is they don't really do clean sheets, but they were so much better tonight. You know what that
4: means.
2: (laughs) There are going to be goals. because
1: Barcelona can't defend either. So there you go. Uh, Don, you mentioned there's no team hotter than Milan. Then the only team hotter than Milan, I should say, is Inter. Uh, They had a big 4-2 victory over Roma.
2: Just how impressive was it? They're the best team, Seb. I mean, they were Champions League finalists last season. They went for the treble last season. I think they're a terrific team. They've got a fantastic squad. They've got the best squad, I think. But that was a statement win for them. Um, I think Daniel De Rossi has gone, I think, three wins on the spin since he took over the job after Jose Jose Mourinho left. He's done a good job in terms of the results. Performances have been a little bit sort of just got over the line. But when you watch Inter, they're so good. They've got patterns of play. They've got great individuals. As I said, you know, they change wing backs, I think, on the hour mark. It's quite regular. That It's a pattern that the manager does. He changes them because he wants fresh legs on the pitch. They seem to have a really intense team where, It doesn't matter who's playing. We had the conversation with Scott McTominay, Bruno Fernandes before. Inter are the type of team. It doesn't matter who's playing. They've got star players, obviously, but the manager's philosophy is if you're not playing well, I'll take you off. If you're fading in the game, I'll take you off. And always, have always got players on the pitch that are always 100 percenters. Inter, uh, seven points clear of second place Juve. They're in action
1: tomorrow against Udinese. A reminder to check out the ESPN FC YouTube channel, joining more than 3 million subscribers over there today. Here's a look at the bottom half of the Premier League table, where we find Chelsea and Crystal Palace. Palace uh, hanging desperately close to the drop zone there in 15th place. Why are we highlighting these two teams? Well, of course because they'll be meeting on Monday in Premier League action. Here's a look at the odds.
4: Oh, goodness. Hmm. Okay. Please, please tell me we're not previewing this match. Oh, we're previewing it. Oh. We're previewing it. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, is this a weird
3: game where Chelsea's a favourite? Yeah, that's trouble for Chelsea.
1: And, like, and they
3: should be the favourite? <laughs> well, it's, really, it's really strange, isn't it? Because Chelsea haven't strung two games together. Right. Uh, I don't mean this season. So right? it's
1: almost like when they play well, the next game you expect you, them to you,
3: You're guaranteed. Yeah. The problem is, they're playing against a team. Like, like, well... I don't remember the last time they they put a performance together. This is the strangest game. Mm -hmm. Listen, on paper, you've got to say Chelsea's the favourites. But it it wouldn't be a shock if Chelsea didn't win this game Mm. or Palace won it. I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, we just don't know what we're going to get. The fact that Crystal Palace at home, you would think that that crowd would get behind them. But at the same time, again, it's kind of like you're guessing. Because at home... They haven't been good either. So, I'd, I'd, pff, I don't know what to tell you. This is weird. Really. This is really strange. Dan I mean, Chelsea are the favourites.
1: Do you trust them on Monday?
2: I actually do because um, I don't see a Crystal Palace win because their best two players are injured. Uh Ezza, he's injured. Uh, Michael Lisa is injured. And when he come on the game... Uh, a week or two ago when he was injured and come off the bench on 45 and then ruptured his hamstring. So he's out for about another six or seven weeks. They don't score goals, Palace. Mm. That's their problem. They've got no goal scorers. They've got people like Jeffrey Schlopp. They've got people like you? And I mean no disrespect whatsoever because they're great professionals and they're good players. Mateta's another one. They've got hard workers, but they don't, con- they don't score goals. So it depends on what Chelsea you get. If you get the form of Chelsea in the Premier League, as Stevie said, the unpredictable, if you get the way they played against Villa... In the, cup, in the FA Cup, where well, I thought they were absolutely sensational, by the way, Chelsea. If you get that performance, there's only one winner, and that's Chelsea. Everything's F. Huh? Everything yeah, starts yeah. with F. Yeah. Sensational? I'm not <laughs> calling Chelsea sensational. Against Villa!
4: Sensational. Yeah! <laughs> sensational.
1: It did look good that day. They did look good <laughs> that day. All right, uh, Ali, you uh, didn't want to preview Chelsea, so we kept it short. Uh, oh. We kept it short for you. Well, oh, thank you.
4: <laughs> Thank you for that, tomorrow's Jeffrey edition. Schlupp. Uh, I got yes. a Schlupp mention. Hey.
1: <laughs> Educational, informative, if nothing else, here on ESPN FC. We'll try to do the same on tomorrow's edition of the show, which, of course, uh, starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Monday here.
4: Are you going to be looking at that, yeah. back at that game? Uh, I will not be looking back at that uh, game. Oh. I'll be getting ready to host Football Americas, baby! Oh,
1: here we go. It's, uh, Kay is back in charge tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this edition of ESPN FC. Ah. Thanks to you for watching, but don't go far. Extra time starts right now.
4: So going, I don't know. Hey there, everybody. Hey. Selfish, see, you didn't want me to show my pace, huh? I see how it is. We've seen your pace. I've it's seen good. your pace. It's good, change your pace. You I've been
1: invited over to the Moreno Mental in a little bit for well, a little it's, soccer action. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, winter time. Stevie, why don't we get you out there? Your shoulder's all healed up, right?
3: unfortunately it's that one (laughs)
1: Uh, Alan, Stevie with me of course here in studio Don and Colin with us as well of course uh, Colin in mourning after his his Nigeria fell to Ivory Coast in the AFCON final a professional,
4: true professional Uh, absolutely
1: Uh a true professional
4: <laughs>
1: wish we could say the same about Don. No, uh, would you celebrate if you score against your former clubs? Of course, uh, Declan Rice scoring a banger today for Arsenal against West Ham. Uh, it was the sixth goal, so probably another reason not to celebrate there. Would you, Stevie? Uh. Uh, you would celebrate. Absolutely. Holly? Wouldn't you? You kidding me? Yeah.
4: <laughs> get it, get get, get get Take that, take that, take that. Yeah. What about the fans,
1: though? The fans that cheered you on for so many years. Couldn't days. care less about me. Are you yeah. kidding me? I couldn't care less. Take, get that.
6: Take that.
1: Don, Shirley, you played for uh, everybody in Britain. Uh, you must have scored against a former employer once or twice. Ah, yeah,
2: downright a valley. Go on, get it up. Yeah, I'm right exactly the same. I, uh, I was a Newcastle fan, or still am a Newcastle fan, but when I played for Sunderland, their arch rivals, I scored at St. James's Park and i've done the unthinkable i didn't just celebrate seb i kissed the badge wow oh and they still let you in the stadium huh to this day wow i didn't get out too well though
1: harry has our next question <laughs> here he must I have s- got
3: beat up. somebody must have tried to beat him up oh no, honestly
1: like, worst thing i've ever done crazy stories about the millwall parking lot
3: and that was when he was playing for millwall <laughs> yeah but that's normal at millwall <laughs> to their own players? Aye. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Chamber of you, commerce. You know what they used to do? <laughs> what? If you played badly, they would all be waiting by your car. Oof. And when yep. you got in it, they'd all start shaking it. And the car you'd be in the car, you'd be bouncing up and down. Sounds <laughs> kind were, of fun. And if you, were, <laughs> if you were lucky, they'd let you go. Right.
1: I saw Stevie on the show dismissing the throw-in coach. Did he know Arsenal are the only team with two goals from throw-in set pieces in Europe's top five leagues this season?
3: what oh, do you know, Stevie? <laughs> <laughs> squirrel, squirrel in the nut.
0: Uh, I think this. I think, a think this undoubtedly maybe a team that wrong. hasn't
3: scored from a throw-in. <laughs> Come on, name me a team that hasn't scored from a uh, throw-in. Leverkusen scored
1: from a throw-in yesterday in the big game against Bayern, didn't they? <laughs> and
4: they don't have a throw-in, they, course, they, do they? Hey, they could have scored from oh, everywhere I yesterday against you Bayern.
1: Alright, we'll move on from that one. For Don, obligatory percentage question. Percentage chance, oh, we already did this in the show. Percentage chance Arsenal win the league this year. You said, what did you say, 25%? 25. 25. Well,
8: what does Colin say
2: about ball. Colin? What does Colin say? <laughs> 25 each, Man City 50. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you say, Colin? For
9: Arsenal? Yeah. yeah. Well, look, Arsenal, we all know our master buttoners, so I'm going with 10%. 10%? Oh, all
3: right. okay. That's, that's Whoa, a welcome that's to the a show. Yes.
2: <laughs> wow. Thank
3: oh, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Don't yeah. hold back. Hey,
4: you know your team is lost when this is your first time. I was just
1: about to say that's some AFCON frustration <laughs> yeah, boiling a, over it, Nigeria though. frustration
4: coming out. Yes, sir. Uh, what about you, Ali? You haven't done
1: percentages for us on the uh, Premier League title race. Or at least not in this show.
4: I'm pretty sure I've done 50, 30, 20. 50 Manchester City, 30 Liverpool, 20 Arsenal. Okay. Did you clarify your other percentages? You said 25 for Arsenal.
1: Did you say the other two? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Look
1: at this guy. I asked, I asked because Don
3: said 50 Have you got a shop or so, Have you got a wee store really? somewhere? What do you mean a wee oh, Your store? percentages and your <laughs> coins and your... What? What, you a what does a store have to hold do with the your second, percentages? Hold on a second. You get, have you done all your percentages? <laughs> a wee <laughs> st-
9: Look, <laughs> we, we, I don't know about you guys, but we've got this thing here in Nigeria about asma being an elephant at the top of a tree. What happens to an elephant at the top of a tree? It always
2: ends up back where he started from, which is the bottom. Oh, okay. I, I love Colin, that Colin. one. <laughs>
3: He's a Can big I Arsenal man, ask...
2: Colin. <laughs> Can I ask Colin a question? Go on, Dan. Sure. Go ahead. Colin, I, Colin, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard something on the radio the other day. I'm pretty sure it was Nigeria, but the Nigerians say Dundee United. Like, don't be a Dundee oh, United. Yes. Like, don't be a fool. So a
9: fool, a fool is Dundee United. I mean, yeah, if you're dumb, they're like, you're Dundee United. So um, Dundee, it's it's been, it's been there from like forever. So for us, it's a regular thing. I'm surprised that you guys are just finding out now.
1: Anti-Arsenal, anti-Scottish Premier League.
9: Now, just a logistic (laughs) question,
4: just for clarity. Mm -hmm. How does the elephant get on top of the tree?
1: Don't ask questions. I, I'm just... We've well, got, we got all these cranes now. Just saying. Yeah. How did the Egyptians build the pyramids? I mean, there's
9: ancient mysteries yeah. that Look, we don't if you're know. If you hear the Nigerian talking about elephants, just know we're referring to Arsenal. <laughs>
1: uh, for Stevie. Should... There be rules to prevent rising teams like Leverkusen from being dismantled just after one season. By the end of the season, not only Alonso will leave, but many players will be targeted by big teams. Thus, probably the end of this promising team, similar to Leicester.
3: Hey, it's the law of the jungle, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Killer be killed. Uh, what uh, about, about the elephant? It? If, if the elephant killed, is on yeah. top of the tree, yeah. I mean, If, can if you top kill of the elephant if it's falls, on top of the tree? If it lands on you, you're dead. <laughs>
4: If the elephant is on top of the tree, can yeah. you kill it? Yeah.
3: Zoo <laughs> edition
1: of Extra Time here. Natum's Interior Decorator for Colin. Start, bench, drop. Oh. oh. Is this Samuel oh. Oto, uh, Mohamed Salah, or George Weah? Mm. Of course, most famous for being wow. the father of U.S. Oh. international Tim Weah.
9: Okay, so let me answer this question in two ways. And I think I might have answered it before. If it comes to African football... And when I say African football, like the AFCON, for instance, I'd start Samuel a bench Mohamed Salah, and drop George Ware. Now, if it comes to world football in general, I'd start George Ware, bench Samuel a and drop uh, Mohamed Salah.
4: All right. I, I want to tell you, I, I don't know if it's AFCON or world football, <sighs> I'm starting George Ware all day, yep. <laughs> every
9: day.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
9: Well, he was, he was, I mean, he, he, he was a Liberian team, and they didn't do nothing at happened. In fact, that only got beaten home and away by Nigeria and other countries. So, I mean, when it comes to African football, maybe just because of this cast they didn't have, he just couldn't do well. But when it comes to world football, had a great cast around him, and he was, I mean, of course, a phenomenal player.
1: Let's dive into fashion here, shall we? Does Stevie know how much Don's t-shirt costs? One t-shirt? Now we know Don likes to wear kind of high-end, fancy clothes. Yeah, paint? give us a, give us a. Ma- oh, I don't know what that logo is, but it looks know, like that's... it costs some, costs a pretty penny. Uh, what do you think? What do you think Don's wearing? Like a hundred-dollar shirt, two hundred-dollar shirt? I have absolutely no idea. Let me ask you this: What do your shirts cost? <laughs> Not <$100. laughs> a hundred uh, dollars. Don,
3: you want to break the news? What is what is the I'm cost? A of much is milk?
1: A pint, I don't know, pints. A gallon of milk is like three, four bucks.
3: Are you sure? No. See, you're not. <laughs> I'm the same with, with, when it comes to style. That's about right, I think three, four bucks. Uh, I that's all because Pete told you. Wow, well, yeah. what do you think most of
6: them? Well, what I say is, guess.
3: This is, what Pete all right. tells <laughs> $90. Yeah, hey, go to Costco, baby. Okay, uh,
1: Don, <laughs> what is the price of your very fancy shirt there?
2: Well, it's a jumper, so it's wool. Oh, so wool. it's about 150. Wow, it wow. hey, he was it's quick. It was wool. quick. It's hey, he was
4: quick with that. It's wool. Yeah. Yeah. It's wool.
2: Yeah, uh, that's 150s. Nothing for Don. A, He that at Get that out of the truck stop. I, I get itchy. It's it's a. I've, I've it's give Sebi. i will give more gun. away. Sporty car. I've <laughs> give yeah. more away at Cashpoint.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah, you and your internet provider as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Look, I don't know. I don't want to start a big controversy here because we've had our fights already on this show. Production is saying they have access to this thing called Google, and that shirt's a, a $450 shirt. Ah, I, no chance. I don't know. Ah, no chance. I, You're throwing know. money away. Don's got well, I'm the, not paying that. <laughs> no <chance. laughs> that just tells me Don has the hookup. Like oh, he's got, he's got friends. Where in the
9: are
3: family. you guys from? i the clearance
1: shelf, Hey, I can get it on clearance. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right.
9: <laughs>
3: um, of course, the Super Bowl is being played. Oh, actually, actually, Colin, did you wash that jersey at some stage?
9: Hmm? Um, I think my wife may have done oh, so yeah. because oh, wow, yeah, yeah, I
3: mean, schoolboy right? yeah. era, Colin, yeah. wash mm. him, man. Schoolboy era. Where is all man. the signatures? Exactly. Like, not my fault. I'm I'm, I'm gonna
9: frame it after now. Nobody's touching it anymore.
1: Yeah, let's not get uh, anybody's wife oh, in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> let's not start. Or bad. get Colin in trouble. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, if Steve, uh, I was gonna mention the Super Bowl is actually kicking off. I think like, right around now. Yeah. So this is a football question. If Steve Nichol played in the NFL, what position would he play mm. and why?
3: I would be a um, running back. Really? Yeah. yeah what? you were like you were like kind of short, pretty shifty. Is that what? You oh no, in? sorry, wrong position. Receiver, you want you want the glory. You want to make uh, the catch. Uh, yeah. Well, I used to play rugby.
1: Ah, okay. When I was younger,
3: so I was good at running the ball, running past people. Well, you, you got good hands. Yeah. How about jump? How about jumping ability? High, yeah. high, absolutely high. Yeah. Yeah. You think? No, I would have
1: been a wide receiver. Yeah, a slot receiver. I seem like a Wes Welker type. <laughs> <I'm the> only... <laughs> Ale, you're a big football guy. What do you think, Stevie? Stevie is a, a wide receiver. Yeah.
4: yeah. I see that, but I, I, there's an element of toughness to Stevie's game that maybe you can play him as a tight end. Oh. I'm just saying. And, and one of these one of this sort of hybrid guys, right? Yeah, so to your point, yes, a slot receiver would be great for Steve. I'm I'm with you there. What's that? You just asked me if he would play slot <laughs> receiver and I said I'm with you there. You're
1: not even paying you attention. Weren't listening. Are you? I got a you uh, weren't listening. I got a text from the producer. <laughs> yeah, you're not Steve you're not
3: paying attention. Uh, okay. His text was listen. <laughs> goes, what's that well i'm answering your question Can you listen to all. the panels please
1: our final question is also football related it comes from norwegian racing fish oh uh, let's get everybody's Always super bowl fast. prediction on the record uh, we'll start with our guest from afar don who you got in the super bowl in case you don't know it's kansas city and san francisco
2: uh, Mahomes. 40, is that 49ers? Mahomes? No. 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 That was actually great analysis. <laughs> <laughs> just bet Mahomes. Yeah. Just just had just team <laughs> he's with Kansas him. City. It's team.
3: Just bet on him. <laughs> bet on him. Unless he's done a quick trade. hello <laughs> <laughs> on the day? Bet on ah. him.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. You win, Don. You win either what? way. Wh- whoever <laughs> he plays for, bet on him. All
1: right. Okay, so Mahomes and the Chiefs oh. is Don's pick. Colin, who you got? Oh, he's thinking about it. Okay, still pondering. Well while we wait yeah. for uh, wait well, while we wait for There's Paul only two kind of... teams calling.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we may have uh, lost touch there. See, it looks
3: as though he died. Can he hear us. Yep.
1: Maybe he's just ignoring oh, us. Oh he's <laughs> in
2: and it's gone. No, like, no, no, he's he's in no. And I, it's think, gone. I, I think
9: my connection was a big thing. He's crazy taking excuses from me, he just doesn't listen <laughs> anymore.
2: He's back, he's back. Who do you got? To like to my, Who will win the Super Bowl? Who will win the
1: Super Bowl? Yes. Um,
9: I'm going with look, if the if the Chiefs receivers can keep their hands from getting slippery and just keep the balls and just pick up the balls that Mahomes throws to them, I think he goes Mahomes because a generational quarterback. For 49ers, they've got a better team. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey might be the difference against Brooke Purdy, uh, against against Brooke Purdy. But I think that Mahomes is such a general short quarterback that I think I'm going with Kansas City Chiefs.
4: Uh, okay, Colin's giving it the full
1: NFL yeah, prime full time, uh,
4: huh? NFL uh, countdown. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, you might have to.
9: Save, save.
1: You might have to wear that Nigeria jersey a little bit more. They're going to be calling you over for NFL work here on ESPN before long. Who you got, Ali?
4: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm all about love. I'm all about love. Some Travis Kelsey, some Taylor Swift action. Uh-huh. Really? That's right, I'm taking Kansas City. And okay. my, yeah, he may have been mentioned before. Patrick Mahomes. If you have Mahomes, you got a chance. Steve, you're, you're a big football
1: guy. Chiefs? Yep. All right. Okay, so bet the 49ers, I
0: guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, usually when the, there's a consensus on this show.
4: <laughs> yeah, go the other way. Uh,
1: it's a it's a good bet to go the other way. Alright, that'll do it for this edition of Extra Time. Uh by the way, 450 was incorrect. I just saw the link. $540. The retail value. Oh, it's, value. Not. Wow. it's wow. Not to me. Wow. It's no chance. They're making it rain.
2: They're no making chance. it rain. I'm coming, I'm coming no for that jet. shirt,
4: Don.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no. I'll swap it for yours, Cole. I was about to say, which one's more valuable? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nobody
5: gave it well, to
2: you. Pre-watch, it was Collins. Post-watch, yes. yes. I don't
5: know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right, uh, Don, Collins, great stuff. Great to have you with us here on Extra Time. Hope everybody will join us for the next edition of ESPN FC. We'll be back here on ESPN Plus starting live 6 p.m. Eastern on Monday.